Hey, nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Dungeons and Dragons. Stupid, mindless, bad. There will definitely be some bet. That's probably our best. A lot that, of that's, that's, our, that's our best. Hey, future. geeks. <laughs> we are, uh, this is a Geeks of Cascadia podcast. What do you think of that? Yeah. I am uh, Rebeculous, and that I am, guy. I am still Paul. Unfortunately, Blue Samurai is on a, a top secret away mission but, in Spokane, Washington. But he is with us in here. He's with us in spirit, yes. Yeah. But this might be a little bit off the rails here because he's he the boss, and we're going to. Fly by the seat of our pants. It's going to be great. Yeah, we are. There's going to be cussing. There's going to be porn. There is going to be all kinds of debauchery oh, be on this podcast. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. Really wanted to see. But most importantly, we're going to talk about games. <laughs> game conventions. Yes, we have a game review. We're going to talk about game, game conventions. Game I have some games that we're, piqued my interest. We're going to talk about Recipe for Disaster, which we um, talked about like a year and a half ago during um, the the event that we had what are we calling that pa- pandemic, pan- pandemic yes and what are the first three letters in pandemic pan, pan. recipe cooking yes huh? yes huh? you like that but this is a great yeah. game and what, what happened was at least for me during the pandemic was i kick-started a bunch of games thinking this pandemic's going to last about two three months top sure and i'm going to bring this stuff to dragonflight and orcacon and we're going to get all get together and play these games and then, um, well, that didn't happen. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. Didn't happen. So we might pick our way through some of these games that I bought. But I did. Uh, I did recently play it, and I don't know how recently you played it. I played it like three weeks ago, and it is super fun. It's really fun. Recipe for disaster. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. But first, what should, should we talk about games? Um, do we want to talk about games? Do you want to talk about shows? You, you about had shows? you had mentioned She-Hulk prior to hitting record. Oh yeah. Well, we have talked about She-Hulk. We do. She hopes. Did you like it? Did you I love it? I loved it. I've never had a television show that makes me applaud in my living room before. I did not know, because I didn't read the comics, I didn't know that that fourth either. wall thing was oh, a thing God. that carried over yes, from the comics. Like and so thing. that's the first time I've really seen that. Oh. And in fact, as soon as I saw it in the first episode, I hit pause and I and I Googled all the stuff because <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is did she doing? Did you not watch Magna P.I.? Uh, my mother did. Oh. Sexy, sexy. I don't know. (laughs) Tom Selleck. What am I doing? Your mom's sexy. Have I? (laughs) That was yeah. She closed the doors, and we were not allowed. (laughs) The problem is porn. That's it. Check. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I I liked it, and um, I love that actress because I watched her in Orphan Orphan Black. Orphan Black. And she's amazing. And um, what's her Tatiana? Tatiana. Um, Can't remember her name. I'm awful. But I loved her. Just because you don't remember their name doesn't mean you don't love them. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I finished it up. I thought it was great. It prompted me to watch that uh, Edward Norton Hulk thing because I did not know who uh, was Abomination. I didn't know where that came from. So I wanted to watch that. But now you have to watch them. Um, um, and Sean, I love Tim Sean Roth. And the, ten, the Legend of the Ten Rings. Which I have seen and I would gladly watch it again. I always say, whichever last Marvel movie I watched, I would say is my favorite. Yeah. Which is good for them, but bad for me in communicating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love Shang-Chi. That was terrific. That was yeah. a great watch movie. Watch it again soon. Will you remember She-Hulk? Okay. I'm turning it off. All right. And cool. then we, uh, we haven't finished um, um, Dragon House, House of Dragons. 
Oh, I haven't even started or ringtone that. ringmaker people. Is that what it's called? I'm pretty sure. Ringtown. They should have called it that. Ringtown. Ringtown. <laughs> and you recommend both of those? They're both good. Yeah. Um, I think um, uh, Ringtown, <laughs> House of Rings, whatever it is, <laughs> they're shooting it like it's a, it's a movie. Okay. And there's lots of long, boring parts because that's what you do in movies. Yeah. You don't do that in a 45-minute television show. Yeah. Or an hour television show. So it needs some tightening up, if you ask me. Gosh, I was snipping. Try <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of... Never mind. Um, moils? Snipping. Well, kind of moils, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, let's see. What are we watching right now? Well, we watched uh, this uh, show called The Outlaws, which I really like. It's got some Christopher Walken in there. It's not Western. It's not Western. It's just called The Outlaws. I, I like it right here. <laughs> people driving in their car may not. <laughs> um, and then, uh, let's see. Currently, right now, we are uh, watching on HBO... What is it? I can't remember. Did you watch Andor? You watching um, the Andor? Uh, there's all the mumbling in, in Andor. Oh, you don't like that? I don't like the mumbling. And I don't like when the music is too loud over the mumbling. See, I'm in charge of volume at my house, and that's a job. That's a job and a half. She's in charge Especially of during, pausing during, and all that. Andor yeah, is. yeah. It's volume way yeah. up, volume way down, volume way up. But all that aside, story-wise... We watched like the first it. episode, didn't watch anymore because we got tired of the volume issue. Oh, well, you should keep watching it. Okay. Don't. Just, you should watch it. Everyone I'm, should watch I'm it. I'm busy it's with Letter Kenny right now. I want to see. Oh, that's right. I want to watch that. Um, I want to see how Andor ties in to the other characters that we know. I had no idea Star Wars. his name was Andor. I know. It took me a while, but he's from Andor. No, Andor is in the Wheel Isn't of Time he? series. Randall Thor is from Andor. From the two, two, two rivers are act technically in Andor. And then he goes on his mission for 13 bucks. I'm confused. Have okay. you read the Wheel of Time series? No. Have you watched the show? Uh, we watched a couple of them and um, my wife got frightened. Oh, Because okay. they're being followed, they're being chased. But Rosamund Pike. She, I know, I know. Have you seen Doom? Uh yes no oh. not the no 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 not the new one the one I, the one with with um Dwayne Johnson no it's not new it's old well anyway, I guess let's not let's not go down that road no that's more sexy original now. Dune sorry Sting <laughs> Sting over the rock any day of the week should we maybe move on to um um conventions we should oh but by the way the things we're going to talk about during this this episode are we're talking to we're gonna, we have an interview from Dragonflight 2022. Where we talked to Jocelyn and Alex from Pathfinder Starfinder Societies, and then we also are going to once again review um, Recipe for Disaster, which is a great game. I'm going to Board Game Geek, and because it's kind of hard to find because it came out when nobody was buying games. Hopefully, they'll come up with an update on Kickstarter, and maybe we'll put in some more vegan options. I don't know. Vegan. Vegan options. Does that sound good to you? There's vegetables in there. I, 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 you know, I didn't you know, you could just create your own vegan option. I didn't see any tempeh. Yeah. I didn't see any jackfruit. Eh, it's because vegan is. Oh, I can't disparage that to maybe, our maybe audience. Maybe it's can working, I? working too long at a, at a natural foods market. Yeah. Well, I was <laughs> vegan for 12 years, and let me tell you. It's not go, the way to go. Go bacon. Eat meat. Bacon and ribs. Yes. <laughs> I'm making up for lost time. So um, 
Let's talk about some conventions. Okay, why don't you do that? I will do that. Um, I'll just well, sit my here. My favorite convention. And judge you. My favorite <laughs> convention is OrcaCon. Oh my God, judgment already. <laughs> it happens. This, this time is in January 2023. It's the 6th through the 8th. I'm sure Rebecca has already asked for that time off. Who's Rebecca? Rebeculous has already asked for that time off. And booked a room. And booked a room. As I always do way ahead of time. Yes, she always, she always does things way ahead of time. And um, right now, the we're still in early bird until the 31st of October, which is this month. And that, that means, is, and that means like really the cheapest tickets. The right? cheapest tickets. Yeah. Right now, it's the cheapest it's going to be. It's going to bump up 10 bucks at the end of this month. What are they now? Do you know? They're $60 for a three day pass. That's actually really which is good. Really for reasonable. All the stuff that you get. Yeah. And it helps a do, lot. You get to see and get to play. It helps us plan everything. If you, if you get your badge early, it helps us plan everything because we know how much we have, we have to deal with. We are, you know, coming out of a dark times period here. Where people weren't going to conventions, so but we're we're doing great. We're we're gonna make it. Um, also, it helps conventions a lot if you book your room. Why are you looking at me like that when you say <laughs> that? There's always a room for me. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <coughs> you can you can sleep. I and feel like that's never gonna happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, Blue Samurai. Only because I'm out. sure he snores. Yeah, can't do snoring. Sorry. If you uh, snore, you will not be my roommate. Okay, that's fine. Well, I do snore. <laughs> yeah, then I remember to sleep. Um, so that that is super going to be fun. I think I might apply. Hope they to run Recipe for Disaster as a game, and then maybe also apply to run um, Cover Your Assets, Ooh, yeah. which we just talked about at the end of the show. Yeah. That's a good game. That is a great game. Um, other than that, um, it's hard to find out what conventions are happening because everyone's recovering. Um, right now, we've got Geek Girl Con happening November fifth in Seattle at the Convention Center. That's um, one day for thirty bucks, and then they'd like to support. You know, what's the deal with that? Is it like m mostly or all uh, women designers, game it, designers? It is. Yeah, they, like they, they, everything they focus women. On that's being really cool. Um, to people who weren't previously always included in such things. Sure. Very much like OrcaCon. And then there's also the Washington State Toy Show in Puyallup, Puya Loop, <laughs> for people who are from Minnesota. Puya Loop. The people from Minnesota say Puya Loop. Oh, we don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't say it correctly. I mean, but I haven't ever said Puya Loop, but I'm going to <laughs> from now on. I mean, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a giant 60,000 square foot toy show That's at the cool. Puya Loop. Fairgrounds. They have like current toys or they're like cool Both. antique. Ugh. Both. Um, like the metal toys where the paint gave children like cancer and all so. those things. Ah, yes. I love those toys. Nothing, nothing's more fun than children with cancer. God, good old toxic materials. <laughs> they just don't include that in kids' the toys taste these is, days. The taste is different if there's no lead. I know. I know. If you're going to have your little infant or put asbestos. this toy in their mouth, you want it to have some kind of cool, toxic, uh, or carcinogenic <laughs> taste to it. <laughs> yes. Um, I, um, in high school, I had a, a classmate in science. We had this tray full of different rock sort of materials. He took the asbestos and stuck it in his mouth. And where is this classmate now? <laughs> I don't know, but it stung, and he pulled it out and screamed. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to know about the Washington Toy Show, it's w-a-t-o-y-s-h-o-w dot com and it sounds fun it's cheap if you got kids under 12 they're free 
I suppose there's kids' activities and everything yeah, just going ma- on I think all the time. The website didn't have too much. So it's going the kind on of place there. where you can like bring your little kids, like a family, and then you can just like go, drop them off, them and you could go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe. I think it's a look, don't touch sort of situation. Check it out, parents. Yeah, Check it out. Um, really, all I have. Seriously, seriously. I didn't do a whole lot of work. I've, I've, been, I've been busy. Being retired. Being retired is exhausting. <laughs> Oh. Anything going on in games? Uh, well, before I get into the games, we didn't uh, talk about the beverages that we're drinking. Although you don't have a name, brand mine name, name beer you can hold up like mine. Well, it has a name because everything mine, has a name. Mine comes from the land of Kirk. And it is a vodka tonic. Hmm. With ice cubes. Ice cubes. Um, some Schweppes tonic. Ooh, Schweppes. Because Winco is out of Winco brand. Oh, Wow. You must have had to pay that extra two cents, <laughs> didn't you? an extra 30 cents. Oh, man. It is crazy. Sorry. Well, I am drinking the, uh, let's see. Max and Ma- Jacks? Ma- MacArthur and Jackson's uh, beverages, Amber Beverage. Uh, short, Mac and Jacks for short. Yeah. Douglas MacArthur and Michael Jackson, named after those two. And it's made from uh, lions, as you can <laughs> see. Lions. Not all, not completely, but mainly Mostly lions. lions. Yeah. Mainly. Main, main, yes. Thank <laughs> so you. That's very nice. You're going to put in a didn't it <laughs> I might, or I might if I Thank have you. my, so I have my rim shot. Yeah. And, uh, and it's delicious. And I feel like while I'm reporting on my games, you ought to give me another one of these, or is that going to cause great, see, right over there, right over there. Right over there. And I'm almost done with this one. And what if I don't have enough to, okay. He's crawling under the camera right now. That's a friend. That's a friend. So, you know, thank you very much. So, as you know, I like to uh, I like to play card games, and I like to play card games. Uh, it's just me and my wife, so I like to look for things that are uh, two player. And <laughs> imagine there are laser lines, and you have to duck and roll. You're the one I want in a Mission Impossible <laughs> scenario, right there. So I found one uh, called Nawali. It's a little closer since I'm blind, even though I have glasses on. Thanks, eyes. Uh, so Nawali is, a, thank you, an Aztec card game. And I mean, how often are Aztecs represented? Not often, which is why this person, uh, uh, where are you? Where's your name? You awesome person who created this. It's called, it's actually called Nawali, the Aztec card game. I don't know if I don't know if it's just called Nawali and he just wants people to anyway. Uh, Gonzalo Alvarez created and designed this game himself. He is a first-generation Mexican-American artist from Port Arthur, Texas. Oh, so sorry. How's that? that good. All right, cool. Sometimes it's like it's like uh, Andor. Sometimes I'm loud. And sometimes I'm very quiet. Okay. Yes. But anyway, uh, but this is a beautiful game and. Um, it's it seems pretty simple to learn. I did watch the little uh, tutorial, which didn't so much tell how to play, but it does look like it's pretty easy to play. These cards are uh, beautiful. I'm sure that um, still Paul will put a picture of uh, Nawali on the screen. You send me a link. And I always do, don't I? And uh, the thing that that caught me, besides the the beautiful cards, the um, uh, kind of original artwork that taps into old Aztec uh, artwork and mythology. Um, uh, as well as, like, I'm not even going to pronounce these names. It it, it deals with um, Aztec gods from the four directions, Tez, 
Nope, not going to try it. Not going to try it. It's, if only these names were that easy. Uh, but that's cool, because you can learn as you're playing these things. Because yeah. there's little, yeah, there's it's that's kind of point. a learning thing also, exactly. Um, but he also says that he, um, uh, which is true, Aztec mythology does not get the sort of representation um, that other pantheons like the Greeks and the Romans you, and the Norse you, always get in card you games. To, you have to go find it yourself. You do. Uh, but this thing's so neat that I actually am going to um, donate and, and buy this game because cool. um, it's already funded. But there are a lot more things you get when you contribute. It's it's brilliant if you you know contribute to some of the upper uh, dollar amounts. Um, basically, you are uh, it's kind of four cards against. Uh, it's a good two player game. You can play up to four players. And it is um, like a battle. You're battling. You're summoning the gods and the creatures um, to do battle in the arena. And you have four battles going at a time. And each card that represents uh, each different god or creature has different things they can do. You kind of battle per the instructions on your cards. Um, and, yeah, if you... Gosh, I hope you can put this up still, Paul. But oh, if you yeah, contribute sure. up to sixty dollars, you get um, you get this handy dandy uh, what is this called? A um pyramid. But it's is that what it's called? It's okay. A pyramid. All right. <laughs> it's a pyramid with it's not a smooth slope it's pyramid nice. though. It's a thing. No, it's, it's yeah. Um, and then if you you know contribute a certain dollar amount more than that, you get the pyramid and you get um cloth, really nice cloth. Uh, game boards to play on, little gaming mats to put your cards on. Um, so it's it's cool. Um, I know I haven't given too much detail on it because I haven't played it, but I want to play it. And again, it's Nawali. It's got about 28 days to go, probably 20 something by the time you post this. And shit, I'm gonna excuse me. I'm gonna I'm gonna get this game because it looks Good. compact and looks fun. It looks beautiful and looks easy to learn. Um, so that's Nawali. One thing not everybody knows is the Aztecs invented the pyramid scheme. So for my, my, my second game, it's right up there with my mainly joke, man. Uh, so this one I zipped by a couple times until I, I came back to it. It's called Backstabber. Oh, well, I'm on board. Backstabber, the card that? game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was trying to keep with a Halloween theme for these, and I, I really ended up picking games that just attracted me to them. But if you use your creative thinking... Uh, well, these can all kind of yes, exactly. Not these all can be kind of Halloweeny backstabber, obviously being very Halloweeny. Uh, this is a card game for making words and ruining relationships. So of course I I clicked on it. Um, it's by this chap named Drew Muller Mueller. Um, he is out of where you at? Where you live, Drew? Uh, he lives somewhere. He lives somewhere. Is it important where he lives? He lives in Vernal, Utah. And he made this game. He loves to create and draw and design he's, things. He's starting to sound bitter. <laughs> Moi? No. He is. Uh, no. <laughs> if, uh, let's see. So basically, this is a combo of Scrabble and cards. And oh. yeah, it's kind of neat. Um, th uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Give me the thing. Give me the thing. The creation of Backstabber came from one simple thought, he writes. What if you could play Scrabble, but with cards? And as time went on, it came to include also, what if you could really screw over everyone that you play with? <laughs> so that's kind of neat. Uh, it features gameplay of Scrabble and the, it features the gameplay of Scrabble and the broken relationships of Monopoly. Yeah, well, Monopoly was designed to make people sad. <laughs> and it succeeded it in succeeded. that, didn't it? <laughs> God. Uh, 
Uh, it is quick and easy to learn, and the game, but the gameplay is nuanced and unique, which I did watch a quick tutorial, and it does seem really nifty, easy to learn, uh, points for letters, but there's also instructions on cards where you can screw over your, your other opponents, um, and one of the reasons I liked it is you can play it with two or more, and it's just cards. It's portable. Take it to the bar. Take it to yeah. wherever. Yeah. yeah. I'm all about portable Those games for two players. Me too. Backstabber. Luckily, we game the same way. Yes. Yes, we do. And I, in fact, actually, my, just, there's, there's, each card has a letter on it. Some of the more special cards have two letters on it. Some of wow, the cards have sneaky letters. little instructions. I know. And, of course, you get more or less points depending on how the play proceeds. It's just neat. I might, I might, cool. all these things I'm reviewing, I think I'm actually going to contribute and buy because it's just, do it. You know, think. Anyway, uh, Backstabber. And Backstabber is, did I say? Yeah, 28 days more to go as of now. And he doesn't have a lot of contributions so far. It looks so cool. I don't know why not. It's like a 15 minute on game. You and for our podcast. Yeah, to come they out. are. Okay, and then this last one that I saw. Um, that just really struck me as nifty is called lucky for none and it is out of the uk warrington warrington uk and it uh surpassed its funding goal in five minutes wow. that's how good it is um, but of course you contribute more you get more things it's called lucky for none it is a comedy horror game horror okay horror not horror. a comedy horror horror I don't know who that would be, but it's horror, comedy slash horror, for solo or group. Oh. Yeah, I so know. You could be alone and afraid. Yes, you could be alone. That's wonderful. You could be alone and naked it's like and afraid. Standing and wide. <laughs> oh, stop it. Okay, so this is, uh, and I read this without my glasses, and I thought it said something else, but the actual um, game company is Beyond Cataclysm Games. Okay. I thought it. Said circumcision when I read it. When I, I didn't get That's that. I didn't get why anyone would name their game. Beyond company. circumcision, hmm. back to the moil thing. <laughs> it all comes That's full circle, doesn't it? Uh, so this game is neat for many reasons. It is an. Uh, it uses an unusual thirteen-sided dice. Okay. Known as I a have, D thirteen. I have one of those. Do you? Yeah. Wow. Does it roll spookily? Um, I haven't got to use it. Got to use it yet. Because these folks are saying it rolls a little. Oddly, because it's D thirteen, which lends to the spookiness. Yeah, for um, Dungeon Crawl Classics. Oh, I'm really curious. I've never heard of D thirteen. So it is. uh, uh, Hold on. Wow, (laughs) let's cut down the vocal. You know, maybe. (laughs) What was that? That was a kind of throat singing that I was doing just there. Uh, Lucky for None is a game about dark, strange, and awful things happening in the village of Grimhaven. And whatever you do, everything will get worse. That's their tagline. Awesome. Uh, Most of the residents are going to die. Those that don't wish they had. Will wish they had. May wish they had. You play a local resident or residents as the village experiences 13 weird and woeful events. Your actions may may shield the populace from harm or they may contribute to the devastation. I like um, it. Yes. So when you get this, uh, there's a 16-page professionally laid out A5 booklet. Uh, you can get a physical version in which you get um, the D13 
also. Um, there is a digital version, uh, PDF, which you can get a virtual D13. You won't get the actual D13 if you do virtual. So I would just want the D13, so I would just get that. Um, pretty cool graphics, pretty easy to learn, playing on your own or with your friends. Um, you can, uh, a group of player and a games master, collaborative play without a games master, or solo play and journaling. Why a 13-sided dice? Four reasons, they, they say here. 13 is a traditionally scary number. True. Ah. <laughs> you just saw a 13 in the window. Uh, they have an odd number of sides, as we discussed, so it's an irregular roll, and they're claiming this roll is spooky. I'm going to roll your D13 after we're done here. I would have to find it. Okay. Uh, 12-sided dice is common dice in RPG. Our game can basically use a D12, but with the relatively frequently occurring surprise 13, bad things happen within the game. And their fourth reason for using a D13 dice is it sounded like a fun idea. So, you know... That's about it. They're already funded, but let's see. Oh, oh, this is all in pounds because it's from Warrington. Easy there. So, <laughs> I can't help it. Back that down twenty five percent. So you get a bonus D thirteen table <laughs> when you when you fork over eight hundred pounds, oh, blokes. Here we go. You, if you're running the game, uh, if you nine hundred, you get a character sheet with each copy. When you pledge a thousand, eleven hundred, you upgrade to cover with a recycled silk finish box, three hundred fifty GSM recycled silk. That's the that, best that, kind of recycled that, that, that's silk. That's the only silk that I wear. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh, stickers, stickers, stickers. Then you get stickers. Stickers are fun. I want to be on Cataclysm sticker. Cataclysm. Cataclysm. <sighs> Cataclysm. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I know, guys, I'm not going to say that. Um, you, you could. Do you have more? Um, I have one I want to talk about. No, I don't. But what do you think of those three? Cool, I think huh? Those all sound really fun. I, I think also so, too. I think um, that this one, which does, does not need your help to be backed, because they wanted two hundred thousand dollars. Oh yes, the Monty Python. And I'm they sorry, wanted I just took your thunder. Four million dollars already. Monty Python's curriculum. Really? Cor oh really? Medieval reenactment program, which I have already backed, and I really want to run for my wonderful friends. I'm looking at you, Nathan. Why did everyone contribute so much? Is, this, uh, is there a chance to meet one of the pythons? If you um, no, but it's it's based on um, the Holy Grail. And I just saw the thing. I didn't click they, they, on it. They've hit all of their stretch goals. They're coming up with more stretch goals because they've hit so much, and I cannot wait to get this game in my hands. I feel like one of the Pythons, if there are any still alive, there are two, right? There are at least, Three? At least two, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I feel like they should. I feel like you should get a visit with one of them if you pledge a certain amount. Well, um, that would be a lot of money. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't care about famous people that much. I don't believe Jeffrey you. did meet LeVar Burton in an elevator a couple weeks ago. That's what I heard. It was great. LeVar Burton. Yeah. What nice if, guy. What if freaking Buffy came knocking at your door? You uh, wouldn't yeah. care about her? Did, did I tell you that story? My first day. Did she come knocking at your at door? At Rose City Comic Con. Um, I was doing a thing. And I was staying in the right hotel. Um, I had a job. We're going to be very vague about this. But I come downstairs. There's a person handling all of the talent and all of the people. You mean, you mean fondling? No. Trying to get them to get in trucks. Oh, corralling into, them. Um, corralling them into SUVs. Okay. And I almost got crammed into an SUV with Amber Benson, Julie Benz, and Charisma Carpenter. Oh, wow. When I was really just waiting to duck. 
Wow. <laughs> you should have stopped I waiting said, for I, Doug. I, I could not have handled that. But Oh, my God. Life goal. I was going to ask you when the bell came in handy. <laughs> bell comes in whenever you want it to. But speaking of bells, should we jump to our... This is not a segue. Okay. I jump to our interview Seemed like with one. Pathfinder and Starfinder Society. Of course we should. Let's do that do you right think they... about... Okay. Uh, now. Now. Hey, geeks. Uh, welcome. We're at Dragonflight, and we got a very special guest, uh, Jocelyn and a- Alex. I got that right, right? Yeah. Yay! Yeah. So that's a winner right there in the podcast. Um, yeah. So they're with uh, Starfinder and Pathfinder Society. Yeah. And Alex, you work for Paizo, I believe. Is yes. that correct? Yes, I'm our organized play coordinator, so I'm in charge of the uh, Pathfinder and Starfinder Society campaigns. You are having a great showing. I just got. I went by uh, your room in there, and people are just so happy. Yeah. In there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, how many? Uh, what's more popular today, Starfinder or Pathfinder? Uh, well, Jocelyn's in charge of our scheduling, so she can talk to you about what's here. Uh, yes, Pathfinder is uh, slightly more popular than Starfinder, uh, but we are always aiming to have Starfinder in all of our events. Yeah. Well, great. So why don't you uh, go into it? Uh, talk about the Pathfinder Society and Starfinder Society. I mean, essentially, probably the same thing, but if you can go into it a little bit, appreciate it for our listeners that don't know anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Pathfinder and Starfinder Societies are our worldwide living campaigns. They're our way for people to come out to conventions like this or game stores, you know, everything from your local game store all the way up to huge conventions like Gen Con. Um, you can take the same character to any table worldwide and play it. We release scenarios every single month for the programs. Um, and it's a living campaign, so the decisions that you're making as part of it sort of affect the ongoing storyline, whether you're nice to the NPC or, you know, you, you reform the bad guy or you <laughs> defeat the bad guy. That's going to affect the future storyline. So it's, it's a really great way to sort of get involved with, with both of our, our games, Pathfinder and Starfinder. And you guys have a lot of events going on this weekend. Because we, uh, every night we, we read the next day to the audience. Uh-huh. They have a lot of stuff going on. That's great. Uh, mm. I'm very glad that we have GMs <laughs> that are able to come out and support the event. Uh, we have an amazing group of uh, GMs in our lodge who are super enthusiastic about the program and are super happy to help out. So, cool. Jocelyn, where's your lodge at? And uh, talk, to, talk to us about your lodge. Okay, so our lodge is called the Emerald City Lodge. It is a Paizo org play lodge, so we play Starfinder and uh, Pathfinder, obviously. Uh, we are located in the northwest Washington state area, which includes the Seattle greater <laughs> metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, a lot of other lodges in the area as well. Uh, near us, Tacoma is one of them, which yeah. is, you know, in the area also. Some of them are here as well. Cool. Well, that's great. Um, so, Alex, yes. you work for Paizo, obviously, sure and... Uh, I, so tell me, are you the one that has to travel from con to con to con? Uh, is that is that your job? I mean, you say you say have to, but really, I think get to. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I, I think it's great. I, actually, I mean, really, yeah. it, is, it is an awesome mm-hmm. job. But yes, yeah, so a lot of what mm-hmm. I do is for the major cons like our Paizo Con mm-hmm. or our Gen Con. You know, I'm really working with our volunteers very very closely on those sorts mm-hmm. of conventions, making sure that we have hundreds and hundreds of table firing. For the for the more you know local community focused cons like Dragonflight and stuff like that, I'm providing support to our event organizers like Jocelyn, sending them, you know, prizes to give out to people, sending them mm-hmm. scenarios for their GMs so that they don't have to buy anything, they get it all for free. Cool. Um, and just making sure that they have what they need to sort of, you know, serve the, the community in these ways. And I do get to travel to them occasionally. You know, I'm here today just as a local GM because I wanted mm-hmm. to come and run some games, so I'm here, but I do occasionally travel around the country to these sorts of events. If I if I get invited, it's nice. Did, awesome. you, did you say prizes? What kind of prizes are we talking <laughs> yes, about? Yes, we have prizes. So we give out, uh, we give out vouchers 
vouchers to the Pfizer.com web store mm-hmm. to uh, players and GMs that they can win, and Jocelyn can talk more about that. But, you know, we give them that so that they get a little reward for coming out, and then they can, you mm-hmm. know, go and get the latest supplement or some minis from our store or what have you. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I would say, in addition to prizes at, at the larger cons, there are also um, swags. Oh yeah, okay. like the books, new books coming out, maps, you know, supplements, adventures, mm-hmm. whatever that you can win from the fine folks at Pfizer. Yes, absolutely. We like to we like to support the community. We like to make sure that people are are having fun when they come out and they get some nice stuff for it. Cool. That, that's that's really cool. I not and I don't want to like I'm not trying to I'm not going to compare you know <laughs> adventures <laughs> leagues, but I I just I, I, what We've I want to know. The 600 pound dragon in the room is there. Yes, yes. So yeah, do you guys like stare each other down when you're in a room together? No, I'm just I, joking. I mean, you know, it's sort of like the sharks and the jets. You know, there's snapping involved. There's musical numbers, from what I understand. Wow. I would, I would is that not how it works, Jocelyn? I will say we're all very civilized people. We <laughs> well, that's why the snapping and the musical numbers. Good. Well, the only reason I bring it up is like I know that. For them, they do like I guess it's called seasons, which is tied to their campaign releases. Do you do the same thing? Do, is do you? Because uh, I know so I've been reading through your adventures that you've been putting out there. Is it tied to some of the releases, the campaign releases that you're doing? Is yes. That the idea? Yeah. So every year, uh, our editorial team, the developers who run the campaign, sort of come up with the the ongoing year theme and the the meta plot story. Um, so right now, Starfinder Society is in their year of Redemption's Rise, and Pathfinder Society is in their year of Boundless Wonder, where they're examining some cool artifacts we've just found. So we do have kind of an ongoing meta plot. We do try to integrate with the different releases and stuff that come mm-hmm. out and say, oh, you know, we just released a really cool lore book about this particular region, so we might take a couple adventures down there and sort of make it make, make it your, worth your while to go down there. So we do very much, you know, integrate with the rest of what the company's releasing, absolutely. Ah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh... And how do you tie, you, you said you can take an Adventure League character and you can go to a different convention. Well, you can take a Pathfinder playing. Society. Sorry, Pathfinder Society. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, oh my God. <laughs> delete that, we I can mean, delete l- that. Listen, if you want to bring an Adventure League character, we yeah, will sorry. help you. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So anyway, uh, we will definitely, we'll yeah. fi- we can fix that, we'll that, that post. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll get right on Yeah, that. we probably should. So, um, so you can take your uh, Pathfinder Society character and go to a different convention and um, uh, play the same character, right? Yeah. Is, is there a database, or is it just you just put a number down somewhere, register? How does that work for somebody? Well, there is a database. Uh, you mm-hmm. you do register your characters, uh, mm-hmm. and you, what they play does show up on the Pfizer.com website. Uh, but people players, that is, also keep a detailed record of what they've done. There are these things called chronicles, or in the D&D terms, you would call them certs, uh, which have the full history of what happened to that character. Yeah. Cool. And basically, you know, when you when you sign up for Pathfinder Society, you get an organized play ID number. So you take that ID number anywhere, and then we know that it's you, because there's only one of that number. So the Pathfinder Society, uh, when you're playing a Pathfinder Society game, is there certain restrictions that's applied to it that's not normally applied to a regular game that you do at home? Yeah, so we, we do a process called sanctioning on all of our rule books. Um, so we go through there, and really what we're looking for uh, when we're looking to make sure that we can let you use a particular rule is like we're making sure that it's not evil, so it doesn't involve like drinking people's blood or something, <laughs> because we try to keep like a PG-13 fairly friendly environment at our tables. 
Um, there's also sometimes we publish options that require a lot of GM discretion, you know, like talk with your GM about the entity possessing mm -hmm. you today. Um, and that's the kind of thing we want to make sure there's a uniform table experience worldwide. So, you know, we, we say, hey, you know, maybe, you know, don't use those rules so much, but otherwise anything in, in most of the books you can get access to pretty easily and use to build your character. We try to put as much out there as possible so that people can build whatever wild characters they want. Cool. That's awesome. I Jack like the crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jocelyn, you uh, you've got your lodge, your yep. uh, your Pathfinder Society lodge, and Starfinder, obviously. Mm -hmm. So how often do you all play? Like, if I'm a new person, I want to I want to get in touch with you. How, do you welcome new people? Yeah, how absolutely. often do you meet? Yeah. So uh, our lodge covers a number of game stores in the area, and uh, each of these has a. Uh, regular game days. It could be weekly or bi-weekly or whatever. Uh, so we will have games uh, for you if you come to our website or our Wilhorn and you can sign up. Uh, if you are a new player, our GMs will help you through creating a new a new character, etc. Uh, so everyone is, is totally welcome. Cool. That's cool. And uh, Alex, gosh, I, I gotta tell you, I, I'm, um, I'm jealous that you get to do this as part of your job. <laughs> play an RPG, and then travel to different places, to different conventions. It, it is nice to get to get paid to play RPGs occasionally. I, I can't I complain. How the hell did you get such a cool job? You know, I stumbled into it backwards, to be honest. I was a volunteer, just like Jocelyn beforehand, but mm -hmm. I, I saw the job listing. They were looking for a new sort of associate to do kind of data entry and the day-to-day -day kind of drudgery work of it. Uh -huh. And I said... You know, I would be good at that. I like these games. I'm good at data entry, and uh -huh. I'm going to really beat myself up if I don't apply for that. <laughs> so I applied for that, assuming that I would never get interviewed. You know, never. It would be whatever. I'd barely, you know, scratch the surface of the campaign. Then I got a call that says, "Hey, do you want to set up an interview?" And then a few weeks later, it was, "Hey, do you want to uh, move out to Seattle and do this?" And I said, "Wow." I should talk to my husband about that before I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really, it's been an incredible experience the past few years. I was hired uh, eight days before lockdown started. Oh, so that was an experience, you know, wow, sort of okay. jumping into this new job and then figuring out how to transition all of our volunteers, all of our games, all of our players to online play yeah. for an unknown amount of time, right. which they all, I mean, credit to our volunteers, they really embraced it. They jumped right in. They figured out how to use virtual tabletops and stuff, and they kept our community going the past couple of years. Um but yeah, and then, so it's been a whirlwind, and now here we are sort of returning our, our way slowly back into physical events. So it's been a roller coaster couple of years, yeah, that, for sure. Yeah, so, so I know that um, Pathfinder 2 now yes. is pretty much in place, and you've got to have a, a, obviously you have a love for Pathfinder. You wouldn't be doing this otherwise. So tell us, how is it going with the whole uh, Pathfinder 2? Uh, have, have people fully embraced it? Oh, yeah. Um, and what, what do you love about Pathfinder 2 or Pathfinder 1? Oh, gosh. I mean, you know, Jocelyn can speak to it as well, but, like, from, you know, from our end as Paizo, like, we love Pathfinder 2. We love what we get to do. We love that it's this this brand new system that people really are embracing. There are always going to be people who, you know, are loyal to one system or yeah. the other, but we've seen tremendous adoption of Pathfinder 2. It's doing, it's doing fantastically for us. And, you know, for me, what I love is just, like, there's so many options for what you can do. You know, we have so many different character options. You can build just about any character you imagine at this point. And for me, like, that's what I want out of a system, right, is, is that character creation, being able to do stuff. But that's what I love. I don't know, Jocelyn, Jocelyn what do you love about our games? Uh, well, as a GM, speaking yes. as a GM rather than uh. an organizer, I will say that Pathfinder 2 makes me a lot happier. It gives me uh, a sort of the ability to GM effectively that I wouldn't be able to do with Pathfinder 1. Okay. And there are several reasons for that. One of them is the uh, huge number of things are in Pathfinder 1 uh, that uh, are not all pr 
um, how should I put this? Perfectly balanced with each other? <laughs> yes. Okay, let me just say it that way. Uh, the ethos or the designing principle behind Pathfinder also tends to put a lot in society terms more power in the GM's hands not to make it uh, you know just wild west or you know whatever but within the organized play framework even though you need a, a sort of uniform table experience across different tables there's uh. still a lot of discretion given to the GM uh, far more I think than uh, people imagine yeah Cool. Oh, just fun. I don't know. RPGs yeah. are fun. Hot take. Yeah, they are. Hot take yeah. on the podcast yeah. today. Yes, they <laughs> are. They are. <laughs> so, um, what do you like better, Starfinder or Pathfinder? Now, I actually got to play Starfinder. I, I, I enjoyed it. I actually played right there in your uh, your 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 uh, Paizo Studios or Paizo Company. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I did a tour there, and it was really cool. Uh-huh. I, I enjoyed doing that. Um, but what do you two love? Which one's better, Pathfinder or Starfinder? You're making me pick. No, I know, I'm making you. I'm making you, you pick. I know, I'm the worst. Yeah. <laughs> right, I mean, here, here's Watch Alex get fired over it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, no one to watch this. No, but like, Starfinder is the game that I fell in love with. It's the game that started me in RPGs. Like, okay. a local GM brought the rule book back from Gen Con in 2017 when we released it. And like, yeah. that's why I have this job right now. That's the domino effect. So like, from a story standpoint, mm-hmm. I love Starfinder so much with all of my heart. From a mechanical standpoint, I love Pathfinder Second Edition with all of my heart. You know, and if like yeah. you know we could marry the two, it would make it, I I would never play anything else. But like there are things that I love about both systems, so I cannot possibly pick a favorite. Jocelyn, pick a favorite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. I would say that uh, supporting the underdog for me has always been a thing, which is which you know Starfinder is slightly the underdog with, with uh, relative to Pathfinder. So you know, sure. I like to show it a, a little more love. Um, but I, I do enjoy both systems. Pathfinder was the first one where I really began GMing, and I came to Starfinder later. So that that is my first love of the piece. I, sh- I, sh- I should point out, by the way, because Jocelyn has mentioned GMing. Um, mm-hmm. We have we have GM ranks in our uh, in our mm-hmm. in our program, which are just about you know, how many games you run, and then to get to the fifth rank of the maximum games, you have to have a certain number of people review you okay. and say you're an excellent GM. Wow. Jocelyn yeah. is a top-ranked GM for both Starfinder and Pathfinder wow. Society, if I recall okay. correctly. Correct. She has five Novas and five Glyphs, so she is an accomplished excellent GM. They should give you a special hat or something. Yes. We'll get on that. Maybe a a robe or a crown. We've just had our first person who got five ranks in Pathfinder 1st Edition, 2nd Edition, and Starfinder, so I'm thinking that's where we get a hat. (laughs) So uh, how do they get a hold of you all? Um, How do they find out more about uh, the, the societies? Uh, are you talking about the society or the local lodge? Both. Oh, both. both. All of it. Okay, yeah. so yes, uh, we can uh, absolutely get in touch on the Warhorn or on the Discord. Perhaps you could show it on your podcast. You bet. We can do that. Get our yep. little business card out. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, for organized play in general, you should go to powerpizer.com and there's an organized play section with all the information you need there. Yeah, yeah, so definitely, uh, what is it? Emerald City Lodge on Warhorn, right? Yes. Is, yeah, so if you go on warhorn.net slash Emerald City Lodge, I assume. Yep. Uh, but, you know, search for them there, find them there. If you're not in, in the Seattle area or you're looking for, you know, wider organized play, definitely, you know, paizo.com slash organized play. It's got a list of the regional venture coordinators, so find the one that covers your area, hit them up, say, hey, I'm looking for play. Um, you know, if you want to email me, track down my email on the site, organizedplay at paizo.com. Email me, say, hey, I'd love to get involved, and I'll point you in the right direction. Cool. That is awesome. And for the listeners out there and viewers out there, if you want to get a more in-depth, crunchy interview with Owen K. Stevens that developed Starfinder, go ahead and uh, search that. We interviewed him uh, just as Starfinder came out when I was at Gen Con uh, at the, I think, 50th anniversary. Oh, my goodness. It was crazy. And Starfinder just sold out. It was uh, amazing. But anyway, that's a a very interesting interview. We even get into... uh, 
the fights, the rule fights between developers, like what was going to stay or go. <laughs> so with that, anyway, thank you so much, Jocelyn Al Alex, for uh, interviewing uh, on our show. We really appreciate it. Come on down to Dragonflight uh, and go contact them if you're interested in Starfighter or Pathfinder. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank guys. So, so that was, I really enjoyed Dragonflight and I really enjoyed talking to Jocelyn and Alex from Pathfinder, Starfinder Society. I'm, I'm sure sometime during that interview, I'm going to put up um, their website where you can contact them and their local lodges, I believe is the word. <laughs> but they were great. And I would love to try Pathfinder at um, next Dragonflight because they always have Pathfinder at Dragonflight. Let's just do it now on air. Let's do it. Do, do, do Pathfinder? Yeah. Shouldn't um, take I, that long. Sure. Yeah. Right now, I'll just reach over here and dial up all the Pathfinder things <laughs> that I don't have. Um, but, you know, they were great. And I, I, I really hope to see them at other conventions too. Did you enjoy that interview, Rebecca? Or were you too lost in your Klingon dictionary? I did enjoy it. And I thought that it was. Hold on. Wait for the word. I've seen a Klingon dictionary. I thought that interview. They've got lots of words for positive I thought that interview things. was thalk. Okay, there we go. Now we know. That means fun. And I'm going to put the clap talk, in here. Talk. The clap. I forgot to clap. Oh. Now I'll figure okay. it out later. I thought you meant you were, you know, the clap. I no, no, were. no. And I was like, that's weird. No. How are you going to do that? Well, <laughs> let me show you. So... On that note, all right, go let's ahead. Let's head on to the game review for. Um, Wait, you want to clap? Are you recipe? Clap? No, I'm not. Recipe for disaster. Disaster, disaster. Yes. Disaster. I can't. Can see, we now, do see now I'm going to clap. Okay, but before we get to the interview, I have a confession. When I have played this game, I set it up wrong, and I put these cards in the middle, which are the recipe cards, instead of these cards in the middle, which are which are the end up saying doing it backward, which are the fridge cards, which is the ingredients you're supposed to use to create your dishes. We were using the ingredients listed on the recipe card to create our recipes. However, that's like just a testament to how good this game is. It was still super fun. We played it for like two hours and had a great time. Anyway, on to the review. We're going to talk about recipe for disaster. That's right. Which pretty much describes any time I try and cook at home. So yeah. that's the bad version. Yeah. But the good version is this game. Because this game is cool. And even I can't ruin yeah. things. Yeah. So if you, if you do like cooking shows, cooking competition shows. I do. I don't watch them as much as I used to. But I totally do. I a totally lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people really like cooking competition shows. Yes. And that's what this game is. It's a cooking competition with limited ingredients. Very much like um, a chopped Except you or, don't have to work with weird yeah, ingredients well, like chopped. Yeah. Or guys, yes. guys grocery games where they limit what you can use. I mean, it's pretty much a recipe gets turned over and you got to find the four things. It's always four things, right? Yeah. Every every recipe card has four things on it. So there's always a recipe that you need to make. Um, it could be, excuse me, enchiladas. Wow. He just had them. Yeah. Um, I like the, uh, yeah, it's any recipe. It's like they had, I don't know, um, sushi and yeah well, 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 there's, a bunch, there's a bunch of uh, recipe cards yeah. that are the large size cards which are nice and for the, for the people viewing on YouTube there's be pictures up here and then so it tells you what the recipe is say enchiladas and then they'll so they'll put um, four different ingredients to go into enchiladas the water deep enchilada <laughs> the water deep enchilada no it's a whole different thing 
you know, like tortillas, cheese, beans, meat. Vegetables. And then there's also a stack of cards called the fridge, which are ingredient cards. That, and special. That, yeah, that, that everybody has. Special instruction cards where you can help yourself or screw over your opponent or whatever. And so the whole idea is you, you try to gather the ingredients um, to make this dish in turns. And then when a person feels they have the proper ingredients, they're, they're going to win that hand. What do they do still, Paul? What do they do? They ring the bell. I just the drooled. Order, the order's up. And then, and then everybody else gets one gets, gets to finish the round out to try to get their ingredient their ingredients for, to make this dish. And there's now, points for if I may just interject. Yeah. There is also a dumpster. The bottom of the box we don't have it here. Yeah, uh, becomes a dumpster, and it looks like a dumpster. And part of the way you can play within the game, you can either draw a card from the pile, draw a card from the ingredients that you see, blah blah blah, and then there or play a special card. Or you can go in the dumpster. Yeah, so the, the, the discard pile is a dumpster. The discard pile is the dumpster. But if you want to go in there, you it, on your turn, instead of drawing a card from the other piles, you have 10 seconds yes. to find something that you need from the dumpster. And and uh, you have to show the card to everybody so they know that you picked an yeah. actual ingredient card. But then you have to roll a uh, health inspector dice. Which, on that on that turn, when you pull something out of the dumpster, you have to oh, roll a health inspector I didn't dice, catch and if that. you get one or two, then like mm, health inspector, thumbs down, and uh, you get one little uh, demerit no, no, kind token, of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if you get three of those, then you I guess lose your opportunity to present your meal. But I like that part, and yeah. uh, my wife got away with uh, dumpster diving three different times, so she is presenting meals to the public that she has pulled ingredients out of the dumpster okay. for. Yeah, yes, it's like that's the fun so. part. It's like you have things you don't need. And for your ingredients, and then you chuck them in the dumpster because it's not no good yeah. to you. And as all great chefs do, they sometimes have to go to the dumpster and pull for stuff ingredients. out. Yes. Right. Also, um, there's cards where you can have the health inspector visit your opponents. Surprise! And then they have to roll a d6 and see if they get dinged by the health inspector. There's also cards where you can just change the recipe you're all supposed cards to cards where you can change the recipe yeah. so i don't know if that's a keep card i would keep that till the end i sensed my wife had she was getting she was collecting and so i switched that recipe on her and so she had to go in yeah. a different direction yeah yeah and she still won the fun, one of the funnest parts is um is the um for me at least is the oh, sales yes. pitch at the end because yes. you have to pitch your because you're not if you don't have all four of the exact ingredients you need to explain why you've substituted because everybody votes and you can't vote for yourself. So everybody votes on which is the, the closest dish to the dish it was supposed to be. So I, 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 for example, needed to make dumplings. And I didn't have any sort of dumpling material like wontons or tortillas or lasagna Small sheets. cats or dogs. Or anything like that. Yeah. So I had to take um, portobello mushrooms and kind of put those around my thing and sell that as some sort of a wheat-free dumpling device. And I, I came in last. But um, I tried. Best thing is you get to pitch, like like they always do yes. on these competition shows, you have to pitch your dish. Yes. And you have to well so that people enjoy your pitch. Yes, if you F up, don't tell the judges that. Try no, well, I was doing know. this intentionally. I tried to I tried to explain my substitution for uh, noodles with rice for uh, ramen. Yeah. Because they're both carbs and starch. Sure. 
that works for me. Rice doesn't. And then you also, rice doesn't make then, ramen. For us, we also d- devolved into Possibly. arguments about what things are what. Like, um, is a hot pocket a dumpling? Ooh. Is yeah. Wow. Is tortellini a dumpling? Is a hot dog a sandwich? That's one of my favorite podcasts. The hot dog is a sandwich. You should listen to a hot dog is a sandwich. And so we had a lot of fun arguing about what is what. It's cool. It's a really cool game. It is. Yeah. I had it for a long time before I actually played it recently. And uh, I'm glad I played it. I thought it was great. Anyone hear me? Should I lean forward? the, the, (laughs) The instructions are a little bit confusing, I think. I didn't think. I didn't think okay. they were. I thought they were well, great. Well, it's like the um, the um, recipe cards in the middle. Those become assets. So, you, so you've got four cards in your hand. And if you if you see a, a recipe, let's say um, pasta fajoul. Four cards. You start with eight cards. Eight, whatever many cards. Okay, sorry. I, I think we played with four cards because we had four people. Okay, that makes sense. Anyway, so you can you can trade in two, two of your fridge cards. Mm. For a recipe card from the middle, ingredient card. and then you then there's four ingredients on that card that now become your assets, and then you get to use those assets to create your dish. But now you've got like less cards in your hand. It sounds kind of complex, but it's actually not because everything not you complex. need to know is written on the cards. Yeah. Or and I I thought the rule book was actually pretty easy to it's, understand. It's, well, I, he's not I, I was, he's he's not that. I, you know, know, I was kind of beating brush little, brush brush you know. through it, and I, yeah. I don't really like rule books. I'm pretty picky about rule books. Yeah, there are some games that you and I have uh, tried to play. Oh, that, that, was, that the baseball, baseball game one, that <laughs> yeah. looks so sexy. Bottom and of the ninth. So many. Is that what it's called? Something like that. I hate no. to diss a game no. at all, but my God, it was so much. Oh my God, there's so a new much. there's a new Splendor coming out. You don't know. You don't care. No. There's a two person Splendor coming out in December. That sounds dirty. Yes, I'm gonna play it with Blue Samurai. Is it cards? So, you guys <laughs> go back a long way. Whatever you want to do. Um, I haven't played it yet because it hasn't ah. come out yet. They have it. They have a demo copy at around the table. Ah. Have you not played Splendor? No. Century Spice Road? No. Oh, you have to start coming to these conventions that we do. I do. Yeah. I should. It's like right. OrcaCon. So one of the funnest things about this is the dumpster. The dumpster is the funnest. The it's dumpster. even got graffiti on it. It's got graffiti it's on cool. it. You get to dig through the dumpster. Yeah. Um, Without all the actual smelliness and physical exertion of digging through a dumpster. You know, I used to work across the street from a restaurant called Un Du Trois. That's French, I think. And they had the smelliest dumpster in the summer in Seattle. This dumpster would get so hot I had to walk to my car. It was the worst experience ever anyone's ever experienced. (laughs) Hmm. This is French restaurant dumpster. Maybe not. Maybe I'm exaggerating. But it was really big. It was stinky. Hmm. You know, I'm part French. I'm trying to figure out if I should be offended. Because, <laughs> you know, people, I mean, you just got to get offended. Well, it's always, it's, it's, it's so, up to the top with escargot. Wait, no, I'm offended. Okay. I am. I've decided that I am. That's it. That's the last podcast. So, at any rate, off the table. this is a great game. It is a great Recipe game. Recipe for Disaster. I'm going to put some pictures up. Um, for the people on the you YouTube, put some pictures up of real food, and and show them that that's what happens with this game. You get real food. You don't get real food. That wasn't my experience at all. Oh, I actually did get real food at the end of the game. It was just coincidence. It just worked <laughs> out. It was great. We ate lots of cheese and bread. That's food. But so 
recipe yeah, for disaster. Good. I'm going to try to find it. Um, it's, it's it's a little hard to get. I'm hoping they make another one because it's a really super fun game. Cool. So, um, I, I know we did this it last year. It is by Sovereign Heart Games. And Sovereign is one of those weird words with all the French letters in it. Sovereign Heart Games is... Okay, yes. Let's see. So check it out. It's Sovereign Heart Games. I think it's SovereignHeartGames.com. I'm not super sure. I'll put something up on the screen for those that are watching. You sounded anyway, Canadian. You said check it out. Check it out. My fortune with lost a letter, Kenny. Mm. Pitter patter. I'll laugh at this <laughs> after I watch it. I'll be like, oh yeah, that was fun. Um, that's about the only quote I can do. So anyway, Let's that was see. great. That was great. Gosh, so, gosh, it seems like so much better without it is. blue you samurai. Know, what's flow, what's the deal, so man? Yeah, it's better flow. Well, we have more space, a lot more elbow. I wonder room, what right? he's up to. Anything? Probably nothing uh, important. He's always just copping out on us. He's probably going to samurai training camp. Uh, the autumn samurai training camp that they in, have every year in, in Spokane. Samurai, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> samurai, Spokane, Washington. Yeah, it's strange because you know he doesn't get to use his you know stuff very often, so he needs. To yes, you know. yes, you got to get to keep all that tuned. Yeah. So, so then, then that's our review. That's it. Thanks, guys. That's it. Not as deafening as your prior clap. Well, I'm gonna try. Just slightly. You want me to do it? You're gonna clap, explain me. You. <laughs> this is my job. Oh, that's got a good ring. Wasn't very kinda sharp. Kind of hurt. Kind of yeah, hurt. We can kind of compare those. Yeah, I think I hurt. What are these bones called? Here? Well, this is the hamate bone. No, this one. This is the one I hurt. I, I don't know. Like I went to college or something. Oh, I went to college. I learned about hand bones. <laughs> you didn't go to hand bone college. Oh, okay, so since we're actually this is part of the podcast, uh, oh, we, yeah. we do want to plug Cover Your Assets. We do. It's like a special extra review we're doing here. This is the game we've been playing at um, do you know what I'm Dragonflight. Doing? You're covering your ass. That's my asset. My beer is my asset. This is the game we've been playing at Orcacon and Dragonflight. You don't, you don't and laugh at my chance. shit enough. Um, it's really just, there's like a, a bunch of cards with different kinds of assets, like cars, money, under the bed. Stamp collection. Stamp collection. Um, yes, property. Gold. And then there's the wild gold and silver cards. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so easy. And again, with the portable it's, and it's the cards. Super and, oh it's super fun. It's super fast to learn, super fun to play. You play with, uh, what was a good range? Like we played with four. That's obviously a good number. And then we played with like eight people, I We got think. up to like seven. Okay. And we made a friend in the middle, um, Eugene Tran, um, of... Um, hey, Eugene. Hey, Eugene. Who we I have to hook up with to interview, because he's got that um, gerrymander game. That's right. Uh, but so I've been really bad about getting things done. Why? You're retired. Well, I did uh, go work for a week at a convention. Oh, sure. That explains it. <laughs> That's why. But, and with the my, the... the, the podcast boss has been very busy i feel like with games like cover your assets and uh to some extent um i don't know maybe that uh stabby stabby game the Dungeon backstabber Force? backstabber, backstabber? That I just talked about okay um i feel like since they're not that pricey like you kind of if you're just on the lookout for new games and you're one who wants to go out and keep take your game with you i feel like you with or without a review you almost can't go wrong just buying those things 
Yeah. Just go and buy it because if it sucks, pass well, it on or whatever. But it's like it's a portable, compact game. And if anyone talks about it, like it's probably fun. If so, you know, and I just yeah. I don't know. And and, and uh, cover your assets. We've played it several times now. Oh, yeah. I just can't get enough of it. I think it's brilliant. It's a brilliant game. It's so easy to learn. Just Yeah, I didn't lose that game until I played against Blue Samurai's son, who was the like the smartest person in the room. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I wonder where that gene came from. I don't skip a generation, they say. Wife. Skips a generation. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So that's our podcast, you know, Wait, I think. Good. Have, have we bashed? Blue Samurai enough? No, but um, okay. go to orcacon.org, um, sign up to run a game, sign up to be a volunteer, um, get your badge. What if you're super shy like me, but I would like to run a game because I've never run a game, but I want to know the game that I run. Do you? Can you only run games you know? It's better to run a game that you know. Like if you want to run Cover Your Assets, yeah, you can sign up for that. Super fun little game. I'm shy. Okay, yeah. Uh, no? Okay. I don't know. All right. I'm thinking about doing it too, but also I'm busy during the But you're not shy. Not too much. Anyway, so um, thank you guys for visiting with okay, us. Okay, wait. Talk to the talk to the many viewers a little bit is longer. There, is there a phrase that says your nose is shiny? Um, there might be. There is. But Oh, well, uh, that's not what I want to say to people. Um, I want to say that this was a... How do you say that capital Q again? <laughs> okay. Uh, that this, I think, is a very uh, uh podcast. Yeah. And um, and may your sasni mall be cur, which of course means embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that savings, Earl. That's exactly what it means. Oh!